What up? What up? Welcome back again to Between Two Posts. Kyle and Everett here, and uh, this week joined by a pretty cool guest, a Vietnam veteran. Uh, I don't know what you call a USHL vet. I don't. I mean, I haven't even sniffed that league, so I wouldn't know what they're called. <laughs> uh, also, did a little time in the Naltre, the Natre. So, um, pretty cool to have Jake. The Gwillhammer, as you call him. Well, Gwillhammer is a legend in every sense of the word because, man, has he gone through some transformations. Like, he has seen some shit. And, like, the thing I love about Gwill is, like, his attitude. You know, he's just this kid who grew up in Flint, loves to play hockey, gets into metal shows. Like, he loves all music, but it's very clear, like, if you go on his Twitter, his Instagram, like, big-time metalhead. But he's just, like, the nicest guy, and he's hilarious to hang out with and talk to. Just an all-around beauty. So, really excited to have him on. But uh, getting into some more current stuff, I mean, I got to bring it up. It's not looking good for the Yotes. Uh, so, their their hashtag is howl yeah. It's kind of like a howl no now. Uh, but <laughs> Darcy Kemper, I mean, yeah, last night they lost, what, was it 7-1 to one or something? Yeah. Like, it was a bloody match. Touchdown. But... <clears throat> The, the thing about it, like Kems has played so well and I talk about this a lot with, you know, people that I work with and blah, blah, blah. He was with Minnesota forever as a number two, never seen time minutes games, like in general goes to Arizona. And this guy's like, you know, it's very clear that Darcy Kemper is legit. He's getting outshot twice as many shots in all of these games, and he is just standing on his head. The seven to one game, yeah. it's an well, asterisk. Let's, let's it's just an go over it real quick. So, forget about that last game because first game of the series, uh, they get shut out three nothing. Now, um, they got outshot forty to fourteen. That's, so, that's... I mean, anytime you're not you're not going to win a game when you have fourteen shots on goal. Um, then let's go. The fact that he won them a game with 51 shots against 51 shots against he wins them a game. That's like, Arizona. It's disgusting. Yeah, no, he's, that's, that's just, he stole that game. Um, the only question like, you know, as we kind of see now is uh, it's hard to steal four. Yeah. Four is, you know, now it's starting to, it's three, one Colorado. I, I mean, I'd have to say the next game he comes out, I think it's t- tomorrow night or Wednesday night. Um, he's probably going to – I see him having a really strong game, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it pans out, but the Kachina set's gross. Mask is gross. That whole setup and that jersey are disgusting, and that's why I bought one of those new jerseys, the Adidas <laughs> versions, because it's a must-have for my kids down the road. But another hot and trending topic that we can't we can't overlook and we can't not bring up is the exit of Tuka Rask. What are your thoughts, Kyle? You are a Boston fan. You're a Tom Brady fan. No, I no, think you're no. You're, I hate the Bruins. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Hate the Bruins. This I despise the Bruins. Why? Put put that on the record. Why? Because okay. So I lived in Florida first. I was a Lightning fan, right? Okay. 2011, we lose to Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. They go on, win the Cup, whatever. Sucks or for no. you. Maybe I'm thinking. I thought it was 11. Might have been uh, 
another year when they lost. To, we we lose to them a lot in like the Eastern Conference Finals or like late into playoffs. Yeah, because you guys um, choke. No, they play dirty. They're cheap. They pay off the refs. They're Jesus. they're not a very classy team. You're such Mar- a Marsh- homer. I mean, okay. Last time, no, last time we played in Marshans, licking our players. Like, what do you want us to do? Um, <laughs> that's that's a no go in today's game. As of right now, if a tongue comes out and you make contact with another at, no, person, at any point, you're getting what is a suspension. He he's just a he's a weird dude. Um, but back to my point. Um. As a as a Boston hater, I love this because it's so controversial. Because you have to you have to pick a side, right? Yeah. You have to either say, "Oh well, you know, family comes first, or you're a hockey fan. And if I'm if I'm a Bruins fan, I'm not happy. I would not be happy because to me, a lot of stuff led up to it. The fact that you know. Boston, like every other team, comes in the bubble. You know what you're going into. It's not the world is not normal right now. Yeah, well, for anybody, Boston the goes. They go. They go. They drop a couple games, and all of a sudden, now they're coming out to the press and saying, "Oh, well, the the facility's not good enough. It, there's no fans. It doesn't feel like playoffs." Uh, Tuka's saying it's it's like playing exhibition games, and all all I hear is excuses. Ev, just one excuse after the uh, after the other. And um, I think a lot of the losing and poor sportsmanship of the Bruins played into Tuca wanting to go home. So uh, I think it's the Bruins' own fault. And personally, I th- I think Tuca should have stuck it out. You don't go into playoffs and um, without planning. You don't go into the bubble unless you're going to stick it out. You know. So I mean, that's your take, and that's obviously the other side. But this is a, a grown man who's got, I think, two kids, two daughters. He's got a wife. And it sounds like things might be not as serious because when you look at the exit that is happening and you look at the support from the team, you look at the support from the organization, there have to be some legitimate reasons for them to let him walk, right? No, no, no. I, see, I'm going to disagree again here. I'm I'm pretty a little riled up about it. I'll say this. Yeah, I I'm think like really intense about this. As a as a teammate, as an organization, as a coach, you have no choice but to at least publicly support his decision. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. It, I'd have to imagine some of his teammates aren't too happy. If there is something going on, I'm sure like they they probably understand and they're like, okay, like you know, go deal with it. But at the end of the at the end of the day, you can't be happy when your number one goaltender, um, you know, decides to leave. So, um, yeah, and, and then a I'll even say, I think he's making an East Coast push. Is well, I think it's obviously a lot harder with the situation. But let's even we don't know what happened. But let's say, um, you know, we've seen a lot of guys go through um, loss of like their parents, um, and you know, in the regular season or even regular conditions, let's say if a parent dies, you can go home for that one weekend or even in playoffs, you could maybe take like a series off or um, a game off to be, you know, with your family for a little bit, regroup and rejoin the team. Unfortunately, with the bubble, you can't do that. Yep. So you're you're in or you're out. So um, that, that brings up the counterpoint though. It brings up the counterpoint, though, 
that this must be pretty serious because you got to think a veteran of the league like Tuka Rask has to have a very good grasp and understanding of the current situation that is uh, the current situation. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's hope so because otherwise, I mean, I think I think he already is going to catch a lot of heat for it from Boston fans. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, I mean, they've torched him, so it's already been yeah. done. I mean, the fact that they haven't like gone through the city and like you know, yeah. I mean, start a march or something is hopefully i mean i hope it's we are not inciting too... violence for the record <laughs> so peaceful peaceful to grass protest please yes uh also kyle you are very lackluster on the mini golf course i just need to put that out there um didn't get to do that after our recording the other day uh that was a very lackluster event and even your girlfriend had chirped you about it so that's well, uh that's you know tough, what tough break tough tough go on the on the course i'm not honestly it's pretty much what i expected from from a mini golf course in fort wayne not very uh not up to code not up to regulations um, i mean we were playing on the edge of a fence at one point so that was kind of wild yeah you know i but i've never i've never been to an, uh, another golf mini golf course where I get to push the buttons and play with the waterworks, where the they had yeah they had buttons with water, but I'm just I'm elephant talking shoots water strict, out of the trunk. That's pretty the cool. Course. The course is what what killed me because, you know, there were too many. Basically, here's what threw me off: a lot of mini golf courses are like the pars are pretty accurate, and like you can normally stay within it. The way this course was set up, it had like no challenges until you get to the hole and the hole would be like tilted or elevated. So you either sink it on your first shot or it takes you five. Yeah. So like on a normal course, you can get close to the hole and then bury it. Mm -hmm. This one, you either bury it or you're getting five. So it sounds like your excuse is the level of difficulty was too high for your skill. No, what I'm saying, the level there, I'm saying there was no, um, like a normal course, there's obstacles. Like I'm more of an obstacle guy. I'd rather hit it through the windmill or around a rock than having to hit it up into like a, a curved hill. <laughs> That's true. It was That's too much. It was too much. I mean, a little too much like real golf. Real golf, you know, you got to learn how to read the green and do all that. Mini golf, I want to hit it through the little hole and then have it go down 10 other tubes and hope it goes in. That's my. That's how I like to play, you know? Yeah. I mean, we should have just got you a bacon, egg, and cheese before like, that might have helped. Let me let me bank it off the rock, have it bounce up, and then land in the hole. That's I want to see some of that. I mean, this was just no obstacles, flat until you get to the hole, and then there's a little curve, and that's just that's not my game. Yeah, yeah. It definitely definitely added a lot of uh a lot of difficulty there. You had to be an expert to read the green. So let's uh let's get back to the real deal. The yeah. why everybody listens and uh here we go jake Willem. between two posts today hailing from the beautiful and shining city of flint michigan standing at a very handsome and solid and strong six foot and two inches we have the Gwilhammer jacob Gwilhelm. what an intro you didn't want to list my weight there too <laughs> oh, do, you want, do we need to throw that in? The big weight loss? No, I'm, I'm a, uh, no, no, no. no. Well, that's, that, you can say that for another day. <laughs> I'm still in the heavyweight 
the heavyweight division, though. Dude, you dropped so many LBs coming out of junior hockey going oh, to college. A little bit, a little bit uh, too late, but I guess better than never. Hey, man. I mean, in terms of good health, it's good health, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Jake, we're really excited to have you on. And I got to pick up right from where we left off with Mr. Moyes, Flow Daddy. Um, mm-hmm. What happened in Johnstown where you got off after they pulled the goalie for the tie goal and you got back on the ice? And Evan said you just look like a mess, like a like a caveman out there just carrying your stick, mask off, plays going on. Like you're still in the game, and you're yeah. just completely, uh, you know, carefree. So what had happened was we were playing. It was actually Keystone. So for you youngsters Wait, out there, no is, way. Yeah. So this is the North Division, which I don't know how many people that listen to this know what the North Division of the North American League is, but. It's an older division that they got rid of, and it's a, it was pretty big. So we're playing the Keystone Ice Miners. lasted one year. It's old uh, port here on uh, Fighting Falcons. And um, <laughs> the way that it, like, planned out, it was really kind of – like we had to, like, win one game in the last, like, five or something. So it came down to our last game, and it was, like, I don't know, two to one or something with the final however many minutes. And uh, they pulled me once, I believe, and we tied it up. And I get back into the net, and I swear to God, like, the puck dropped. And somehow off of, like, a face-off at center ice, they had, like, a borderline, like, two-on-one, kind of, like, two-on-o deal, backdoor tapping. So they, they, they end up, like, scoring again. So I get pulled again, and uh, they score on the empty net, and I'm rattled. I'm like, are you kidding me? Because like, we were so excited we tied it up. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was just, like, my inertia built up from flying off the ice when they pulled me the second time. My mask was all undone, and I was holding my stick, I'm pretty sure, like, at the blade. And uh, they threw me back out there, and there was, like, 20 seconds left. And I'm just like, well, I'm going home. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just I was kind of young, young and dumb, and I just, like, I finished out the rest of the game with, like, basically my mask not on and me holding my stick. And uh, <laughs> as mad as I was um, – Moise was there with a couple other kids that he played junior with, and we played against each other in midget. So they're all kids that I knew, and they were dying. So I couldn't help but crack a smile. But yeah, that was pretty funny. I didn't, uh, I didn't remember that until I listened to that episode. So oh man, what a beauty! Um, that's incredible. And I mean, going back to that, that's in Johnstown when you were at the Tomahawks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the end of my first year. So I guess we got to start there. I mean, you had a legend, Mike Letizia. You got Dave Dunkelberger, the equipment manager. Like, what an iconic duo. Yeah. What was it Um, like going through Johnstown? Because, I mean, I I got another story lined up for you, and this isn't as big. But, I mean, it's it's an interesting place, I hear. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I signed a tender my second year at midget and i went to go skate with them i was like i was either i think must must have been 16 15 or 16 and uh it's pretty much like i don't know how many like you said last episode people have seen Slapshot, but that's where Slapshot was filmed and it's literally what it is out of the movie it's just this old like like mill town with like the grittiest people it's just like uh like you know western pa yeah, and the people live and die sports. Like it's Pittsburgh, like sports, and then it's like the Johnstown Tomahawks. It's it's crazy. Um, and I was, I mean, I was lucky enough to get to play there for parts of two seasons. But yeah, it's it, it's something something else. You guys get to see it, or the kids that get to play there now get the nice version too. After the uh, the NHL upgrades, before it was a uh, that barn was legitimately a barn. 
the glass oh. was all uneven, the boards <laughs> is, were wonky. It was uh, it was something to something to be seen, but I enjoyed my time there for sure. So this is a shot in the dark, but I remember seeing some like the most gnaw video of all time. It was like in some rink they had like fireworks going off and like a was that in Johnstown? Yeah. So that okay. was um that was the I believe the inaugural season and what they did <laughs> uh, what the story is is like they legitimately had like a full like like a pyrotechnicians and stuff out there and they lit fireworks off before the game but like and, on the ice but like, on the ice yeah Ev, like and, in the building <laughs> yeah and because of like like this is the, the clip yeah like the ventilation and stuff wasn't up to part like they had to postpone the game for like close to an hour because no it was just, you couldn't you couldn't see to like to the other end of the rink <laughs> What are they doing? I mean, we got the, the ceiling. We got to get that, that high. Up. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the clip here, Quilly, because the ceiling's not high in the War Memorial. It's not like you're in like a skyscraper where you can fire these up a hundred feet. Well, yeah, and it's not like they got like probably like up to par ventilation or whatever. No, it's that's just like, like that's the same ventilation that they had when they filmed the movie Slapshot when the yeah, real Johnstown Chiefs. Were yeah, there. it looked like people were ripping darts in the stands. There's so much smoke <laughs> flying around. Oh man! So, with that being said, I know you're pretty famous at one of the restaurants in Johnstown. Oh yeah, yeah. That's pro- <laughs> this is probably where the lore of my uh, my weird body shape comes into play. But I used to, uh, I was a, uh, I was, you know, I was 16, 16 when I started in Johnstown. But my mm-hmm. favorite place in probably in Pennsylvania is Scotts by Dam. It's this little bar across the street. And uh, they took care of me. Scott and Cindy are the owners. And uh, actually, before I ended up leaving, I got my picture put on. Or maybe it was like during my time there, but they have my picture on the wall with a signature. Like pretty much, thanks for keeping me well fed for two years. <laughs> and it's still up to this day. Every time somebody that I know will come across or go there, they'll send me a picture of it. So that was my old stomping ground. You know, hit the hit the gym and then practice, and then go scarf down a chicken parm hoagie after with <laughs> 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 right after so that's that was the that was the way of the life for a, a young young quill that's unreal dude so you i mean you're you're a bit of a staple there to have your picture and have your sign you know signature and like you're famous there eh? uh i don't know i mean <laughs> maybe for like the wrong reasons but wait i, I just met did you say you have your picture on like the wall of the hoagie shop like yeah, at the bar, yeah, it's it's am I like the like there's a stick from like an old they used to have an ECHL team there. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's like a stick from like more like one of their guys, and then it's like a picture of me <laughs> behind the bar. <laughs> You're a staple, dude. That's unreal. Yeah. Holy yeah, shit! So. I'm looking it up, and on Yelp, they got a four out of five on 35 reviews, so it's got to be pretty hey, I'm legit. Telling you what. You want like you wouldn't think of Johnstown, Pennsylvania to have good tacos, but they have some of the best tacos that you'll ever have. Wild, wow. wild combinations, but if you ever if you guys are ever out that way, I don't know the division that they're in is a lot different now. But um Yeah, it's, it's the it's, east. Yes, they have a it's not a bad stop. And honestly, the city from the outside looking in, you'd think it's pretty, you know, it's like grungy, but it's it's very like very nice people and it's very welcoming. And I really did enjoy playing there. That's unbelievable. Was, like it's a pretty big rank. Did it feel empty, or did you no? Absolutely good? not. So like my first um, experience there, like I said, my mid my midget major year, I went to go for a weekend when uh, they were playing Wenatchee, and that was when Wenatchee was still in the league, and yep. uh, they had four thousand people. 
So they they pa- they packed it. I think our average, I think it cruises around like twenty five hundred. It's I think it's a four four thousand seat arena somewhere around there. I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. they uh, the fans they always have been super supportive. No matter how we were doing, we always got fans, which was one of the coolest things. Um, especially since the the league brought in the East Division to where they had those teams that were old tier three teams out east. They they don't really have that many fans, so playing at home. Just like the atmosphere, and they're like involved too. You know, you got the cowbells and the chants and everything going. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. So that's unbelievable. Now, I went and saw at a prospects tourney just this past summer. I went up and met up with Mike and Mr. Dunks, and I don't, I don't see. I, I gotta think it's them that told me this story. But somebody, if it's not them, somebody told me a story where. They were driving around in Johnstown, and they were coming through a hard part of Johnstown, right? Yeah. A place you might not be, they said. That's how they described it. You might not want to be just wandering around, hanging out. And they're driving back to their house or wherever it was they're going, and they said they saw a kid walking on the side of the road. They kind of slow down. Lo and behold, it's you. It's Jake Willem. And they're like, Jake, what are you doing out here? Like, this is a shady part of town. Like, get in the truck. We're taking you back to your billets. And you said, no, man, I'm cool. I'm like, I'm from Flint, man. This isn't a big deal. (laughs) And and they're like, no, Jake, get in the truck. And then, like, you, like, kind of, like, stubbornly, like, climbed in and they took you back home. But uh, do you remember that? I don't, I can't recall, but, like, um. I didn't. I guess I didn't really know. I was kind of naive at the. I mean, I guess maybe still am. But uh, <laughs> I lived at a different part. Um, I had wonderful billets to Harrison, but they lived at a different side of town. And uh, when I my first year there, I didn't have a license because I didn't get it before I. I don't know if before I turned sixteen or before I moved or whatever. Uh-huh. So I would just kind of walk around. I'd walk to Scotts. I'd walk. <laughs> I'd just walk around town. But uh, yeah, I've had a few of the older kids like get in the car, you're <laughs> taking you home, kind of like babysitting me i probably was a little bit of a handful at the time but it doesn't surprise me that's too funny man i mean do you got any good war uh war stories from johnstown because i've seen dave dunkelberger got thrown through like at an intermission in a game like first intermission a wrestler picked up dunks and threw him through a like a folding table on the ice was it was it like part of like a skit or something were they like i think so i don't know But there's a um, clip of him getting bodied like in between periods. <laughs> and I know Dante Suff, he won't ever listen to this. Big time uh big time forward sniper guy, but uh he he had some stories from Johnstown, like some weird, weird stuff had happened. Yeah, there's been some pretty wild stuff. One that comes to mind, um, this is back my first year. We're playing the the Sioux, so they're not around anymore, but um they have this uh mascot we do i think his name was chopper but he was like whoever like was in this like suit was crazy like he was like like an antagonist <laughs> like behind the bench or whatever and we were i think we we're beating up on the sioux or like they like maybe they were like the refs were like on our side or something but their coach uh i forgot what his name is but he was this older guy and he was like notoriously like wild well our mascot was like hanging over the glass during uh like i don't know if it was like in between the whistle or something but um the Sioux's coach like took a stick and started like stabbing at our mascot, like through through the glass, and like fans started jumping over and stuff. It was like I, I don't know, just like some of the stuff like that that you would think would like, would happen. It's just it's just crazy, but that's that, that junior that, hockey though. Yeah, it just sticks out, just like some guy that's like you know, 
just trying to earn an honest living in the mascot suit, just going at it with another team's <laughs> coach. I mean, he's just out there trying to get the, the, the fans and the squad buzzing, and then he's getting stabbed and shanked with a broken stick. Yeah, with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so next in your journey, after being with J-Town, you ended up with the Metro Jets, right? Well, oh, it's Ev. Ev, don't do him like that. You're skipping over the USHL. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was the there was the, some time with the the, the United Jack. States Hockey League. Oh yeah, so this is this is my first year. This is kind of funny too. So I uh, played midget and Lansing, which was not like a hot spot by any means. I didn't play in Detroit at all, so I was never drafted or anything. I had a good midget major year, I guess, if you can say by numbers or whatever. So I signed my tender, and um, we had three goalies at the time, and. Uh, it was actually like my 17th birthday and I was in chemistry class at school and I got a text from Mike, my head coach. And it was like, like, Hey, you need to call me now. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, what did I do? Cause I kind of, I kind of <laughs> got in some, some like not so great business when I first got there. I kind of got in a little bit of trouble, but I, I, I would, you know, I made up for it and I, I played pretty, I played like four games at that point. And I was doing pretty well. So I'm like, okay, they're probably, I don't know if they want to send me back to AAA or what they want to go with an older guy. So I like, I'm in the, like about to take an exam or something. And I tell my chemistry teacher, like, Hey, I got to call my coach. He's like, okay, whatever. So I call my coach and he's like, Hey, this is the deal. Like Muskegon wants to uh, bring you up for a couple weeks. They just want you to come practice with them and uh, kind of see what's going to happen. And I was kind of like, Oh my God. I thought I was, I told him, I was like, I thought I was getting sent home for sure. <laughs> so, uh, it was so weird. I like had to go in and try to explain to this like Johnstown, like, you know, this gentleman, the six year old guy, probably that is my teacher that I just gotten like traded or called up. <laughs> and, uh, I left school and like my parents came and got me and I went and I, uh, left the next day. It was, it's pretty crazy. All that, how, um, if somebody doesn't play junior hockey or any kind of level where you're able to get traded or moved up or sent down, how quickly it all happens. And then me being at that age, I was just kind of like, all right, let's do it. Let's like, let's just sign me up. So that's kind of what happened. You, you want me a Muskegon coach? Yeah, sure. I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Give me four <laughs> hours. I'll be there. Yeah. As soon as my parents come pick me up. <laughs> so your parents had to drive from Flint town down to Johnstown, grab you, take you all the way back up into the state of Michigan, all the way to the West coast or West side and go up yeah. to Muskegon. Yeah. So they, like, I guess that they had, like, talked to my coach already. Like, they were already on their way. So, I guess I was, like, the last to know because I was at school. I don't know if they were trying <laughs> you to, You like, were going score. regardless of what you said, man. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, whatever. I don't think – I don't know at the time, like, if my – I don't know if my GM didn't want me to go or what the whole – if they were trying to figure out, like, the logistics. But mm -hmm. they picked me up, and, like, I practiced with Mesquite in the next day. So, it was, like, pretty much just hop in the car. Literally, this is so funny, too. It's like uh, your suitcase for like your billet room, which was, I was staying in a room that was probably meant for like one person. And we had three kids in there, just three no kids way. that all went to high school. Oh yeah. It was, it was, it was real greasy, but uh, you just throw all your clothes and belongings into an extra hockey bag and you get yep. on the road, <laughs> pack up as many of the Vaughn sticks that dunks would let me take and <laughs> get, get on the road, break the lock into the stick room, grab six more and get out the way. No, that's that. That wouldn't fly. That would that would be a quick how, seat. How pumped were you though for uh, to get out of that test? 
Well, honestly, like I had no, I was just, I mean, I guess happy to be there would be the thing. Like me being from Flint, like I just wanted to play in the NA. We used to have an NA team here called the Michigan Warriors. Yeah. And I really wanted to play for them. We actually uh, would billet kids. Um, Come on, that, give him uh, a shout out. Oh, Dylan Kelly is my boy. So he was like our billet. PK. Yeah, he's absolute beauty. Go follow him on uh, his. He's doing mobility stuff now. DK, DK the mobility, mobility guy. guy. Yeah, so he's down here doing some stuff with 2SP right now, actually. But um, so I kind of was familiar with it. I wanted to play there. It didn't work out. So um, I was just happy to be in the NA. I was happy to, like, I got to play in Flint my second game, and I won. I got to play in front of my family and stuff. So I was, like, you know, really, like, okay with everything going on. And then it just kind of happened. So it was really cool, especially kind of having, like, the background that I had. I never really thought I'd ever play in the USHL. And mind you, I didn't really play. I mean, I was kind of there to be a, a motivational guy. But two weeks ended up turning into, like, three months, I believe. So I kind of just found a, a way to – I didn't. we had, the by, at that time, the best goalie in the league. It was um, Eric Shearhorn. I believe he won goalie of the year that year. But he, um, then he, he was at Minnesota then, right? Yeah, he he went yeah. to Minnesota, but um, him and uh, Michael Laterella, which he was an underager, so I was just kind of there. That's that's another yeah. legendary name, right yeah. there. Yeah, another another kind of like in the same realm as me, but just I just grinded it out, and uh, it was so weird too. So I was in like high school, and at this time, so they didn't really know what to do because I was on like a two week call up supposedly. Yeah. So uh, I just like went there, and I ended up staying for like the whole like that month. And I was still enrolled in school, but I wasn't doing any schoolwork. <laughs> so for like a period of like a month, I wasn't like, I was just a 17 year old. I didn't have to go to school. I just lived at the rink. I just skated. Like I was on the ice, like as early as possible, stayed after tried. I, at that point was like probably the first time I tried to like get physically fit after seeing the specimens. I remember like I was sitting next to some kid that like played for Peterborough the year before and was drafted by Dallas. Oh and, no! Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I'll I'll never forget like my first game. You know, like they do like the on the jumbotron, and it's like where you're committed or what's like where you're drafted to. Mm-hmm. Just for mine, it just said Sports Creek, Michigan underneath. <laughs> I just unrestricted free agent, but at least they could have put Flint to make you look tough. You know what I mean? Because when you say Swartz Creek, no one knows what that yeah, is. Yeah, nobody knows. But you say Flint, and you got a you get a reputation right away, which I was all about. It was all about repping the eight one zero. Yeah, I know. It's on the mask, isn't it? Yeah, it's on the back. I have the like the arch over like Saginaw Street, which is downtown where all the um, automotive factories used to be. So it says Vehicle City on the back of the bucket. I've had that for since I would have been in Johnstown. So where where would you rank Flint in terms of uh, places to live? Uh, I mean, it depends if, you know. Is it underrated? Kind of like, I it, mean, it's, it's – it's, uh, I don't – I mean – Obviously, with the whole, there's been a couple crises that have happened that make it a seem few. pretty bad. But it's, it's yeah, it's an urban city on the rise. I mean, it's like just like anything. You see, like places like Detroit or Chicago, with like the younger generation kind of like on the uprise. If you go to like I don't know in Detroit, like um, where's it like by Wayne State? What's like Midtown? Like that's yeah, really yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously Flint's way smaller, way less populated, but there's some stuff going on downtown that's pretty nice. So I, I was fortunate to grow up in a nice family and a little suburb so i mean i wouldn't want to be from anywhere else absolutely man 
And I mean, it gave you the grit that you got now, right? With that mustache and the little, oh, little flow yeah. you got going right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get back now that I'm trying to make a little bit of a comeback. I had to get back into a uh, a flow of the month winner, which I did win my first season in the NA. <laughs> first month, actually. I remember when they used to do that. They need to bring that back. Oh, my God. I got a free. It was funny. So you get like a free gong show hat or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I had won it. And my, the picture that I like was sent in is hilarious because like it was like the all the twenty bombs on my team like dumped a whole like tub of like like hair gel in my hair and I just looked like the biggest grease ball of all time, and that's the picture. But I didn't get my hat till I was in Muskegon and they sent it to Muskegon, so I got fined like terribly for getting a fl- and a gong show flow in a month. Oh that sent to no, in Muskegon, <laughs> yeah. Tough break, kid. Um, yeah. So now after that, like, I wanted to incorporate how, like, did you meet Dandy Randy uh, when you went to the Jets, or did you work with Randy before as a goalie coach? When I was younger, um, I played a few seasons for Little Caesars in Detroit, and Randy was my goalie coach one of the years. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have him. And uh, he's a very polarizing figure. Like anybody that knows him knows, you know, how Randy is. Um, he's an absolute like genius of a hockey mind. Um, yep. Some of the antics that come along with it are my favorite part, but he's, he's awesome. So I, uh, I met Randy then and just stayed in contact throughout the years growing up. And uh, before, you know, I signed my um, tender with uh, Metro. Randy was scouting for Springfield. Um, I think, th- are they still around? Junior Blues, yeah. 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 Okay. So that yeah, they're in the north. They're the, aren't they the oldest team in the NA or something? Yeah. Something they're like the, they're the oldest. Um, I think they've had some really good goalies come through there too. Like Mike McKenna played for them back in the day. But um, Randy wanted me to sign there, and it was a little bit too late. So they uh, ended up drafting me to go to Metro because I didn't want to go back to play midget. I was ready to move on. Um, so the plan was if I didn't make Johnstown, I would uh I would play for Metro. So, um, I finishing that season I went back to Johnstown and the next year I got pretty much like let go sent home and uh, I went to Metro and then that's kind of where I rekindled with Randy is that second season of junior and he's I mean he's he's the he's the literal goat he is my probably my favorite coach I've ever had in hockey and that for everybody that doesn't know is Randy Wilson what's he is it the goalie doc I don't. I don't really know what his official thing is. He doesn't really it, do too well with the computers and the branding and stuff. So uh, I, I don't know. He's I not just, a marketing guy. That's for sure. No, he's not a marketing. Grassroots, is, but uh, more of a war vet. But yeah, I just, <laughs> if if you say Randy in like the Detroit area and you're a goalie, you know who he is. Yeah, I mean, he works with some big guys. I mean, Connor Hellebuck, for one, is a guy who yeah. comes back every summer and skates with Dandy Randy. So Yeah, that's that's a treat, getting to skate with those two, seeing those two. Uh, if Connor gets beat up high and Randy will tell him to stay on his feet, and he'll just go at it for 20 minutes. But <laughs> he's, he's, he's very successful. He's coached at the program and Saginaw Spirit and all over, all over the place. But um, right now, I think he's uh, doing most of his work with Metro, and they're obviously – super successful and then uh most of the high-end um detroit high school programs down there yep yep now what are some of the antics you brought that up you kind of slipped that in there with randy that were some of your favorites that you uh you got to witness um well one of his favorite things to do which i still don't i don't understand why is he brings a coffee on the ice and i i would pretty much when i was at metro i'd get it for him 
but he gets his <laughs> large dark roast from Timmy's and uh, black, of course, and he'll set it on the glass. And I guarantee you one out of every two skates, maybe somebody knocks it off the glass and they'll just throw a fit about somebody knocking over his coffee and warm up sitting on the glass or whatever, whatever it may be. Or um, when we're running through goalie skates, just absolutely giving it to, uh, well, mostly me. The one thing that he would get on me all the time, <laughs> which I couldn't me. stand, is he would like, he would ream me for my warmups. Like he'd tell me before the game, he'd be like, hey, your warmup was terrible. Like, Randy, I gotta play a game. <laughs> He's like, you better figure it out. And I'm like, all right, all right. Oh, man. He, uh, he had a little stint with the Detroit Red Wings, right? Yeah, I got to actually, you got to put this picture online. I'll send it to you. He has one of the greatest pictures of all time. He's got the gnarliest mustache and haircut um, at Detroit Red Wings camp. I think he was just kind of like a, a tryout. But if okay. you wanted some, some stories of that, uh, he'd be the one to ask. He's got some crazy stories from the old days. Yeah, I mean, Randy played back before you had the mask and you had to get the leg pads in the way so you don't get your uh, chiclets ripped out, right? Yeah, pretty much. He got, he's got knocked out plenty of times. You should see some of the masks he used to wear. Crazy. He told me one time in Junior B, he was like the only goalie and his mask broken like half. So he had to play like a full week of games without wearing a mask. He said it was the best <laughs> he's ever played because he just was like so on edge. Because <laughs> he's worried about losing an eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's wild. Um, now, from junior hockey, obviously you made it to Aurora. And mm-hmm. after, I mean, kind of skipped over a big part of this because uh, I'm figuring out how to be a podcast interviewee or whatever. But, I mean, Gwil, we've known each other since I was at school and you were 16 playing at Lansing because that's when I started yeah. looking at Piranis. Yep. And this is back when Jake had some like all-black gear. The only Vaughn stuff he had was maybe the catch glove. And it was always one of those things like, Jake, you got to switch, you got to switch. And you're like, no, man, I like my CCM stuff. Yeah. Well, after what, four years of trailing you around, eventually you make it to Aurora and you built a sick set of gear. Yeah. Um, I would I would use the catcher. I was a LeFave kid pretty much the whole time. And then um, I tried out a pair of, I don't even know what, I, I I went to the factory and you guys hooked it up with a bunch of demo stuff. And mm-hmm. I finally got to make my own set, which I'm actually still using right now, but it's been my favorite set of gear. I don't even know really what it is. I think Jari used them at some point. SLRs. And then, yep. And then uh, I have some like, I don't know, like Robin Leonard glove with a bunch of different stuff done to it. Oh I just, yeah. Yeah. You just a the bunch laner of glove yeah, where everything's like taken out stuff. of it. <laughs> yeah. Just like a, like an oven mitt pretty much. <laughs> Classic. Just let will. me feel it. <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, I mean, where things are at, you're moving on and you're going to try and go start playing pro, right? And going into the SB. Well, we'll see. Uh, people that don't really know about like, well, any kind of pro hockey, it's really hard to get into. So I'm just trying to get back into shape and see what I can do, whether I end up playing just men's league or making something out of it. I just want to play. Everybody knows. It's like your first love, and I've, I've missed it, especially even with corona going on. I haven't been on the ice in forever. So just trying to get back in the swing of things. The so SP are really are you, are you oh, done with school then? Uh, yeah, I left school this past year, so I'm, I'm trying to move on. Um, but – like whatever can kind of I can make out of it, we'll see what can happen. But especially at the goaltending position for pro hockey, there's only two spots for each team, and the goalies are all super good. So if you, I know you know some kids in the SP, but you look at somebody like uh, 
my boy Max Milo. I was like, just about to bring him up. Absolute man. weapon, and he's in the SP. So that's the kind of level you have to be at to be able to play like that kind of hockey. National championship winner from uh, Stevens Point out in Wisconsin. Yeah, yep. that's a D three played in my first first college start. I played him. No he's way. Yeah, he's out there doing like legitimate like spinoramas at like the bottom of the hash marks with the puck on the PK probably. <laughs> Yeah, Max is another beauty. Um, and then after that, he won a championship with Huntsville right after that with the Havoc. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's guy's a, a stud. He's a winner at heart. He, he's a he's a competitor, number one. Um, great kid, but uh he's he's wears his heart on his sleeve. He's got he'd be another great guy to have on the podcast. There's some great stories of him back in the port here on days of him running the show. <laughs> but he's a <laughs> he's a really good goalie and he's somebody that um I guess you know, Moyes kind of said stuff about the way that I play, but somebody that I've kind of, you know, liked the way that they play the game and kind of took parts of his game and tried to implement it in my game, whether I see him in like the East Side Elite, the Summer League or something like that, but, or playing him. I never got to play against him in juniors, a little bit older, but I got to play against him at school. Did you, did you play in East Side Elite? Yeah, I've played, I didn't play this year, but I've played Dude, for the past three years. that's far from you, man. Like, that's near oh, me. Yeah. That's in Mount Clemens, but you're up there in Switch Creek, which is a ways away. Yeah, I kind of have to make a drive for anything, so, um, but that's, that's one of the most fun. I was, I was pretty bummed that I didn't get to play it this summer, but that's pretty much the highlight of the summer, playing with all of those people um, at that caliber of play, especially in the summertime. So, Steve does a really good thing, Steve Alexi running that. Yeah, for sure. That's where some of the biggest uh, in Metro Detroit out on the east side, as it is named, is where uh, a lot of pros, like I think Larkin does it, a couple of Red Wing mm-hmm. guys, college kids, you know, your top in NA and USHL guys will get drafted into that. And uh, I mean, when it started, they were wearing like practice jerseys. Now each team's got a sponsor and they bring out these sick custom like inline kind of style jerseys. It's gross. Yeah, and they have a legitimate all-star game where they pack it out. It's pretty it's pretty cool. A lot of lot of high-end goalies too that play in it. Absolutely. Now, I want to get into what you get into now, Grill, because I gotta ask, man, like you're a big time metalhead now, huh? Uh it's probably something that <laughs> streams from where I've come from. But yeah, I like a little bit of a a different style of music than I guess most people like. But I I enjoy I, I music's always been a big part of my life, but I enjoy little bit of everything but that's probably where i tend to most these days yeah i notice i mean you're going to shows and everything eh yeah i've i mean i always have since i was younger it's something i didn't get to really do too much uh in junior in junior and i might have got ridiculed a little bit by the coaches at school but for going to them but (laughs) what's what's the gnarliest thing that's ever happened at like a metal show or concert I, i don't know man just like you could probably look them up on youtube and see them maybe like somebody like i don't know you could you've seen bob a bob probert scrap something like that probably <laughs> happen outside or something you ever get in the mix in like a mosh Nah, i mean i i try to i don't have very good ankles or joints so i'm trying i, I have a big enough battle playing hockey as is so i try to stick to that <laughs> that's a terrible thing to hear from a goalie <laughs> dude i i don't have good ankles that's kind of where i mean Kind of skipped over the the Brookings chapter, but I was pl- playing on one ankle during that. It's a uh, no way. Yeah, I uh, when I went to Brookings after I my short stint with um, Metro in like 2015 or 16, I hurt my one ankle. Like I tore all like the the tendons that connect like your pretty much like your ankle to like your shin bone. 
This pretty is much so like that bad. joint. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just had a. This is another Randy um, piece of advice. I was like, Randy, I don't know if I can play like at the NA level like with this. I was kind of struggling as is. And he told me to buy a bag of beef jerky before every game and chew on it. He's like, just make it through. So I just would uh, have my trainer tape it up with a whole roll of tape before each time I stepped on the ice and I grinded it out. Brookings was another real gritty place. I don't, that's another another defunct team that kids probably don't know about, but the Brookings Blizzard in South Dakota. So okay. what uh, what was Brookings like? Um, Brookings was was fun. It was a, a team that you – a lot of players like me, whether you could say we're kind of misfits or didn't stick somewhere in the league where, you know, we, we ended up being good, but um, it was gritty. Our locker room was greasy. Uh, <laughs> for example, my first weekend of games, we went to Janesville, and we had a pretty good weekend. It was my first game back in the league since coming to Metro, and we, we went – we split. We lost the second game in overtime, and uh, I was on the bus – pack up all my gear or whatever actually just before that getting ready for my first start i go to put on i put my socks on right like i wore socks over my knee pads yep i get my pads on and one of the kids is like why are you wearing socks and i'm like what do you mean like i've always wear socks she's like we only have enough socks for the players to wear socks so i had to get undressed and give my socks to my teammate <laughs> because we didn't have enough socks so i'm like okay whatever like just a fluke kind of like clear my head well, then I go to put my jersey on for the game, and the kid that they cut that I came in and played for, they still had his name stitched on my jersey. <laughs> so they had to take – my head coach had to take an exacto knife and cut it off. Man, so, uh, that screams Vietnam. Like, you oh, were that, a true Vietnam veteran. Yeah, that was – like, that was – it was – I was like, okay, a little bit different than Johnstown when we're – you know, we wear, like, 10 different jerseys during the year. But uh, – so – we get done with the series, and I load my gear on the bus um, using the Muskegon bag, which you never feel like a bigger, just complete clown than using your USHL bag after you come up from the, the three show, but they didn't have any bags. So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So I get on the bus, and uh, I go to call my parents, and uh, we're going through like a storm, and I'm just like, getting wet and i'm like talking to my dad and i'm like yeah it's you know i, I feel okay or whatever and then i realized that our bus leaks and the like it was raining and i had like i don't know if it was like the window had holes in it or the roof but i was just getting rain out the way home from janesville wisconsin all the way up to brookings south dakota which is not a short drive so that was that's kind of sums up brookings we ended up making playoffs i had the best best teammates uh josh uh Kuchmeister was my goalie partner, and then I know you know him, Everett, uh, Don Procopio, who's uh, now a stud at UMass Lowell. But it was certainly a, certainly another trying times in the trenches of the null. Hey, man, sometimes you just got to grab a shovel and you got to dig deep, right? Hey, you, you, <laughs> that league turns boys into men. <laughs> or it did, at least. I don't know about it now. Oh, man. I think it's still changed. pretty gritty. Yeah, I, I would bet. I would bet money on it. No, I was going to say, I thought – Brookings was around like pretty recent. I thought they just changed to St. Cloud. Yeah, I think they that's where they're at now. They originally were in Alexandria, which is in Minnesota, I believe, too. And then they were in South Dakota where I played for uh, a season. And uh, I had fun. But, um, yeah, I believe they're in St. Cloud now. So, uh, Gwilly, obviously a lot has changed in the – 
North American hockey landscape. A lot has changed in your style of play and goaltending. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I mean, did you consider a shot what Evan said about your play style? Like a chirp? Uh, was as a chirp? Yeah. Did you think he, he chirped you a little bit or were you okay with that? The comparison no, to breast? No, yeah. So if anybody doesn't know who that is, it's worth the search on YouTube. Um, <laughs> he, he's a, like, actually like an incredible goalie, like playing overseas and like a quite like a like you know uh, track record. But <laughs> I don't even know how I found him. But I don't know. I like to play, I, especially when I was younger. I wore way too big a gear. I wish I would have known that. Probably would have wished to you know find the gym a little bit earlier in my career too. That might have helped. But um, lots of poke checks. Uh, more two pad stacks than you'd see nowadays, and uh, kind of just like you know, expect the unexpected. I guess <laughs> my my goalie coach, I remember in Johnstown, my first series, like you know, you make the saves. It's just sometimes you make a save on the same shot two different ways, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm just trying to get my big frame in front of it. I'm just trying to get in the way, coach. That's all it's about. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I mean, for guys that, because you kind of, we've danced around it, but I want to put it lightly because I like you, Guillo, but at one point when I had met you, you might have been a little bit on the not as fit side. Is that safe oh, to say? Yeah, uh, that's very safe to say. I think there's a there's some pictures out there that will show it. There's one at Metro where I was, uh, I had a, a suspend, I was suspended for uh, undisclosed reasons and I was caught eating uh, chicken wings in the bar up at the the away team oh, rink that no. we're eating at. That 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 picture, that picture made its rounds. That Aurora wasn't too happy about um, after I committed. But yeah, there's some there's a couple other tricks in my playbook. Uh, having a nice coffee before the game, but in the cup it's Coke, so it looks like it's coffee. But I'm just just sipping on a Coke before the game. <laughs> People would be like, "Hey, can I have a swig of your coffee?" I'm like, "No, I'm sick." <laughs> You are a beauty, man. I mean, yeah. I know back in the day you probably knew your way around a hot and ready, but uh, oh, Pete, you bet. That's what, a junior hockey staple. What uh, What do you think for guys that are looking to like figure out the physique and like lose weight? What helped you get over the hump? Was it just embracing it and like, you know, like what kind yeah. of steps did you go through? Well, honestly, um, Dylan Kelly again was a big like he was he kind of went through like a similar kind of transformation and it was just got to the point where I was I gave I forgave my last year junior I wanted to go play college hockey I knew I was going to start playing against men and that uh that division where you play against like the Adrians and teams like that where you're playing against like guys that go on to play real high level hockey I knew I kind of had to do something so um Jamie over at uh, Michigan Athletic Training the mat pretty much laid the groundwork for me through diet and um the mobility side and then the whole the, the um gym side of it but i just kind of like you know it's it's if you honestly want to do anything in your life and you like really just commit to it you can do it so i went through quite a transformation and it led to me playing the best type of hockey that i ever had so it kind of made you know everybody wishes they could go back and do it over but i think that if i would have taken things maybe listen to some people a little bit earlier on, I would have had a little bit more success than I did in junior. Mm -hmm. Completely get it, but, man. Yeah. Just committing to it. I'd say is like the biggest thing and just like ask questions. That's the biggest thing too. ask people that have been there and done that as far as anything in life. 100%. How hard is it to uh, adjust your play when you're going from like the USHL to the NAL to NA three, you know, 
in a sh- pretty short period of time? Because obviously the game styles are a lot different. Do you adjust much what you do? Or like you said, I guess a lot of it's uh, not really thinking about it. Um. Well, it's it's definitely weird. I went, yeah, my track record, my hockey DB is a little, a little wild, but um, the just like the puck speed is probably like the biggest factor and then like the decision making, but um the difference between i would say like the na and the ushl is like the na has two lines where it's like at least at the time could be compatible but it's since like the depth guys were like the ushl like moist kind of touched on all those kids like it's it's a hard league to be in and like i you could say i didn't belong there but it, it it's like high level hockey and then um as far as you work your way down even in the tier three level um it's the same thing there's kids that you know don't belong there but for whatever reason they are so it's just kind of you know it's it's being able to read the play there was another kid on my team that actually played in the ushl at metro but um the biggest thing that i i loved about you know people could say like oh how did you like why would you want to do that or whatever metro was the most fun i ever had playing hockey in my life it's just a group of guys but to answer your your question about like being able to change it's just it's it's, it's your job as a goalie is just to stop the puck so as long as like you know you can kind of adjust to it and having somebody like Randy to kind of like talk you through it, it made my adjustment pretty easy because I kind of went up and down and then went back up pretty, I guess if you look at it, and within the span of a year, probably I made like four moves. So yeah. there's just, I think I, there's just such a variance in the way guys are able to play. And then you talk about skill, like, you know, not to get down on anybody, but like you showed at the Natre, like that big gap, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, like my uh, last uh, my last year of junior at Metro, we didn't lose a game. We went forty seven and zero, which is just kind of crazy. But that's like the type of team that we had. I mean, we had a kid that we had this French kid that's playing at Ellis uh, Lake Superior State now. We had like we had some really good good solid players, but it's just I don't know. It's it, it definitely differs. But um, <laughs> I remember uh, this is a good story. My first um start i got torched in the ushl but i had a kid come down on a two-on-one in the second period and i forgot what his name is but he's in the flames organization now he might even play there but uh he was a mutant and uh he came down on a two-on-one completely looked me off like looking at the guy like the trailing forward ripped me top glove skated to center ice and spit on the mosquito logo oh, <laughs> oh no no and i'm like Oh shit, my family's in the stands like this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you are a warrior for what you've been through, Gwilly. Yeah, that that was that was a battle that was a battleground that night. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. I mean, someone had to scrap him, right? Uh uh this kid like I said, I'm pretty sure he got a he got kicked out of school the year before. He was he he could he, I mean he could do everything. He 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 got in a fight, but I'm pretty sure he manhandled the other kid. <laughs> he just did whatever he wanted out there. Pretty much, yeah. He went from straight from the USHL to the AHL the next year. No oh, way. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's a huge jump. So he was legit, eh? Yeah, yeah. There are some pretty good hockey players in that league if you look up the the old uh, transcripts. Um. Now, lastly, here. Gwilly, your dad was a big time goalie or is a big time goalie still, right? Yeah, he's he's officially retired. He's like Randy. He's got like two bum hips that had to be replaced, but he was a <laughs> he was a warrior in his time too. That's kind of where I kind of maybe got um I guess 
most of my stuff in life, whether it be the the different music or the style of play or maybe outlook on uh, hockey in general. But yeah, Big Tom was definitely the inspiration. I always love seeing him around the rink because uh, back in Lansing, he'd come in and I don't he didn't help out with the Caps, but he helped out with your sister's team, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the stories he would tell and just when we would talk about gear and stuff, because obviously me, yourself, and then your dad were all gearheads, right? So yeah, that always made uh, things fun. Gear's the most, you know, probably spent too much time with the gear, probably should have spent more time in the gym, but <laughs> it is hey, what way it is. she goes, man. It is yeah, what way, it is. Way, it's the way of the road. That is the way she goes, boys. So, Gwelia, I just want to say thanks. I know you got to get running here. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate the time, man. I want to wish you best of luck moving forward. Obviously, yeah, thank you. you. Lined up with a little tune-up there for you. Things are kind yep. of crazy on our end. We got to get some stuff out, but um, we'll definitely get you tuned up. But thanks for the time, man, and safe travels, and uh, stay metal out there, eh? Yeah, I will. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hopefully, people still tuned in this long to this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll get it out there. <laughs> So thanks, Gwelly. We'll see you, buddy. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for copping on. Yeah, of course. Big shout out. Thank you again to Jake Willem for taking uh, some time to, you know, chat with us. Give us a little insight on uh, where he's been, where he's going, and his his journey through the Vietnam, man. Like, everybody's got stories, and his were some of my favorites along with uh, a few of our other guests. What do you think, Gal? Absolutely. Had a great time. Anytime you, you get a guest on that has made their way through the trenches, there's always some good stories to come with it. So that was great. Um, honor talking to a flow of the month winner, gong show, flow of the month and all. Um, Wait, I forgot to ask this, but I got to bring it up. Does anyone wear gong show today? Like, is that, is that okay? I see people wear it, but it's, I don't, not, not really my style. The only thing I like, I'm pretty sure it's them, is they have like those slides with the skate laces. I think those are kind of cool. Ugh. It's not no. them. That's a different company. I see those at the shows oh. all the time. Those yeah. are like, then, I mean, that's like wearing a hockey lace around your wrist just to let girls know you play hockey. Like, <laughs> we get it. Relax. Yeah. Well, and then I'm probably not too familiar with Gong Show, but um, perfect. Anyways, he has still has the hair. I was rocking a muzzy today, and uh, hopefully, maybe I don't know. Are there any any flow of the month awards in pro hockey? I don't know, but maybe we can start one. The Vaughn yeah. Hockey. Or, no, Vaughn, no, 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 no. Vaughn Flow of the Month. No. Between we Two give them, Posts no. presents Flow of the Month. Between Two Posts Flow of the Month. And then if you win, we give you a skate lace uh, ponytail. You know, you get, oh. a, you get a skate lace to tie your hair. <laughs> no, no. We need the, um, oh, what are they called? The Like a headband. You know, like the yoga headbands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, a yeah. skate lace one. Which is like six different laces wide. Oh no! And the the best part will be they won't be new. They'll be like slightly used, so they're yeah. a little bit yellowed. Yeah, that'd be great. Man, what a gift! So whoever's listening to this, if you work for a league, sign us up. We're in. Yep. That's all for this week, folks. Uh, if you are still listening, give us a like, a follow, a subscription, a rating. Uh, maybe shoot us a DM with an idea or content that you'd like to hear about, and we'll go out there and get it for you. You know, we're the, we're the, we're the men on the street. We're the goalies in the crease going out to get your favorite interviews. Kyle, that's all I got for you, buddy. Have a great day. Thanks yep. for uh, hopping on here with us, and we'll see you next week.